This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Tuesday, January 24th, 2006. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of Seen It's the Real Deal. And I'm Veronica Belmont. I do the podcast. You're in charge of the podcast. I do other things too. You're our boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're the, right. You're the boss of Molly. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, welcome to Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of indeterminate length. Molly Wood giving, on, I think she may even be on stage as we record. As we speak. Giving her presentation to the TV exec. So hopefully she'll be able to call in tomorrow's podcast. We're we're very, very hopeful about I, that. I miss her. Yeah, we miss her. We always hate, I hate it when they take her away from us. Mostly just because that means I have to talk. <laughs> you just don't like to I just talk. hate talking. You like to, you like to chirp from the sidelines. Uh-huh. You don't like to I'm have the to peanut carry gallery. though. Yeah, yeah. We should come out with a line of Veronica Belmont brand peanuts. <laughs> All right. So uh, botnet spammer owns up to his crime. This was uh, reported several places. I saw it on the BBC uh, where basically this 20 year old has said, yeah, I created a botnet. I enabled people to send out thousands of spam messages using a zombie net this is big though. this is huge news because they've basically busted a guy and <laughs> he has agreed to pay fifteen thousand dollars in restitution to military f- facilities and forfeit the proceeds of his illicit activities including more than sixty thousand dollars in cash and a 1993 bmw Whoa. which the first thing that hit me is like well he can't have been that successful if all he got was a 93 you know you think he'd be driving an 05 and 06 maybe he likes the earlier models yeah maybe I have a friend who had a like a ninety four some some early ninety BMW that she loved. So maybe he just likes old cars. What is this guy's name? Jeanson James and Cheddar. James pled guilty in L.A. court to what violating youth- anti spam. So anti spam bust. This mm-hmm. is big. This is big though. The youth of America, man. Oh yeah, the youth of the world. Frankly, in this, I mean, but it's uh, it's it's a it's a spammer going to jail. Mm-hmm. As one and a ha- and a cracker, not a hack. I try to reserve the term hacker for its appropriate use. But. I like zombie network. Yeah, Brains. it always sounds a lot more fun than it, is, than it is in practice. <laughs> you know, because then I, I don't think a jury would have convicted him. They would have been like, "That's cool. That's funny." We're like, everyone likes zombies. It was an actual network of zombies <laughs> that again would have got off. But since it was, in fact, a network of zombified computers. Not as cool. Not as cool. What is cool is some major telco providers are forming an open source alliance. Now, you've heard us go on and on about telcos like Bell South, AT&T, Verizon, uh, threatening to charge money. And so you may think we just hate telcos, but we think this is a good thing. Yeah. That, you know, we try to be balanced. Several major telecom companies have come together to form a new alliance founded January 1st. Alcatel, Ericsson, Motorola, NEC, Nokia, and Siemens are helping to promote the availability of open carrier-grade based platforms based on commercial off-the-shelf hardware and software and free open source software. So, wow. in other words, a, a way to try to improve the service of major telecom providers. Well, that's good. Good on you, folks. I was just going to say that. Were you? Yeah. You can go ahead and say it again. Good on you. See, I don't want to take words. Just try to you know, encourage <laughs> you to talk. Facilitate conversation. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, this is this is a very good thing because it it shows that not all the telcos don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that they're actually out there creating some some ways to improve service and and as seen on Slashdot, I think. Well, it's well a really I'm I'm glad thing. for once we can actually say way to get it, guys. Way to get instead it telcos, of yeah. way, to, way to get it. Now, if Molly were here, she'd have another side of the story. No, oh, I'm sure. And we'll hear it. <laughs> don't worry. 
Uh, from the not all things Mark Cuban says are evil department. <laughs> I guess this is turning into the, hey, everybody's not so evil. Um, Mark Cuban was was one of the people trying to defend the telco's decisions to leapfrog and charge uh, content providers mm-hmm. over, and basically, in my opinion, sort of double charge. But he has leaped in on his blog recently and uh, taken the National Association of Theater Owners to task for saying they would block the release of Steven Soderbergh's Bubble. So, I'm I'm glad that this story has actually like come to the forefront of news a little bit. Remember, I mentioned it a while back. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. before I could even remember which director it was. But this is good. I'm glad he's stepping up, um, and you know, putting his words in edgewise. Well, the uh, the the idea, if you haven't heard, is that Bubble would be released simultaneously on DVD in the theaters and played on HDNet, mm-hmm. owned by Mark Cuban. Ah, yes. Which is, of course, one of the reasons Mark Cuban thinks this is such a great so idea. he does have a vested interest. He wouldn't in... have been playing it on HDNet movies in the first place. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're basically some pressure is now being put on the theaters. I don't know how much pressure the theaters, how much pressure do you think the theaters are going to feel from Mark Cuban, though? He is a mm. television network owner. He Not is a much. billionaire, but uh, he basically says in his blog, um, that the uh, theater owners need to just get over it and and make some money off it as well as him. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think they'll feel much pressure from him, but maybe in the little PR department area, like, because it tends to be that when he starts saying something, a lot of people start listening. Yeah. So, especially in the blogger community. So, well, we'll it'll, see. it'll fire things up and uh, create some more controversy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of controversy, I, who knew... That people were so, uh, well, actually, not who knew. I, I pretend like it's a big deal. But you know what? I can see it coming. People are getting tired of the whole DRM thing. Yeah. We got a posting from on the forums. I think this is from Kevin. Uh, says, you know, I love you guys, but I hate to say it. He's in DRM overload. Uh, well, because yesterday there were a ton of DRM stories out there. Uh, and he knows it's important and... He knows he has a feeling that market pressure will eventually correct this thing. And he he says, it's like being concerned about the rainforest. I care. I like eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream, but I just get tired of hearing that trillion acres a minute go up in smoke. He's kind of there with DRM now. Mm. And a couple other people uh, uh, joined in on the responses and said that they're having a DRM fatigue. Guess what? What? Me too. Really? Yeah, Yeah, I'm over it. I'm over. I'm over talking about it. it. I'm not over. I'm not over it happening. You know, I'm not over people working to try to make it better, but I'm a little sick of talking about it. All right. So we're going to skip, we're going to skip the DRM stories. Today. Can we talk? On there was, can there's we talk only on, one. Can we talk about snakes on a plane instead? Snakes on a plane? <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> the greatest internet meme ever. Yeah. It's, um, it's a movie coming out in August. Yeah. Starring Samuel L. Jackson. Uh-huh. And um, the, uh, the kid from SNL, I can't remember his name. He used to be on Nickelodeon. And the title of the movie is Snakes on a Plane. Uh-huh. And apparently it's about a plane hijacker releasing a bunch of poisonous snakes on an airplane to try to kill someone. They're going to show this on planes. No, I don't know, but it's become this huge internet phenomena, like, immediately, because it, the title is just so preposterous. Well, yeah. Snakes on a Plane. Soap, for short. And I've just been, I've become obsessed with it. Now, is this a real days. movie release or is yes, this? Yes. Okay. No, it's real. It's real. And oh, there it is in IMDb. I just, just pulled it up. Yep. And if you Google it, you get come up with this screenwriter, this guy that was actually offered a, a part to, to work on the movie uh-huh. and phenomenally hysterical blog entry about snakes on a plane. And on- I suggest you all go look it up. There are some curse words. So if you've got sensitive ears or brain or whatever, 
Directed by David Ellis, mm-hmm. starring Samuel L. Jackson as Nelville Flynn. Snakes on a plane. On board a flight over the Pacific Ocean, an assassin bent on killing a passenger who's a witness in protective custody let loose a crate full of deadly snakes. Yeah. So that's what? my um, internet, internet thing <laughs> because, of Because, yeah, day. if I want to kill a particular passenger, I just let... Uh, Crate full a bunch of, of deadly snakes, snakes yeah. out. Snakes on a plane. And there's t-shirts now, and people are making comics about it. It's like it's the best PR stunt ever. It's you know, this this is like my idea of instant nostalgia. Mm-hmm. That eventually, you know how we're always looking back like, oh, the hits of the 70s were great, and 70s fashion comes back, and then 80s fashion. Eventually we're gonna catch up mm-hmm. to where like we're having nostalgia for things that just happened. Yeah. And the best part is is that it's We're having a nostalgia phrase. for this before it's even out. It's become a saying now too. Like kind of like, "Oh, well, what are you going to do?" instead you go, "Oh, snakes on a plane." Yeah, like, "What?" Snakes on a plane. Crap happens, you know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> snakes, snakes on, a plane. on a plane. <laughs> it's I'm just, sorry, uh, it's so off topic, but No, it's it is not. an internet phenomenon that it is, I am it's obsessed an with right now. I find your lack of snake <laughs> what is this? this is great i find your lack of faith disturbing blog has a uh, a whole big long rant about it oh there's also a blog called snakes on a blog.com snakes on a blog it started snakes out loud <laughs> that's, that's our new our new version of the podcast all right when we come back we're going to talk about the xbox 360 shortage intel core duos 34 design flaws Aww. and uh, Google and Yahoo, who's the dominant search engine, and we won't talk about DRM. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. So uh, I actually read this in the daily buzz because even though Molly couldn't be here for the recording she was she was buzzing today mm-hmm. on the uh, on the front door of cnet.com and there's a USA today story saying that the Xbox is likely to stay scarce on into the spring even up until the time that the Sony PlayStation 3 should arrive. Oh. Like they that's just That's not very smart. Apparently they've only shipped where is it the number uh MPD group estimates that Microsoft sold 600,000 systems between November 22nd and December 31st. In comparison, it sold 1.4 million of the original Xbox in the first two months of 2001. And this is just because of shortages. It's not because of demand, right? And yeah, and then a representative from Microsoft says, oh, we're cranking up a third factory. We're trying to put these things out as fast as possible. I mean, are they just take longer to manufacture or something? I mean, I understood sort of the idea of rolling it out slowly, yeah, you know, to, I, I can to, see the to sense keep in a that. constant supply, but this isn't a constant supply. There, there are no Xbox 360s on the shelf. Well, it's not to keep. Well, yeah, I can see the constant supply side of it, but more a constant demand. It kind of makes sense to make people like, oh, ooh, they're yeah, coming yeah, yeah. out again. Let's go get it. Let's go right, get it. But while they're it's not there. coming out but again. They're not coming. Circuit City has even stopped advertising them because That's they ridiculous. because they can't That's keep them crazy. in stock. Yeah, what are they thinking? At this I point, would really love to talk to someone at Microsoft and be like, hey. You know what's the deal? Yeah, we should try to get uh, we should try to get somebody to to come on and explain this to us. I mean, because... not that I want one or anything, but I kind of want one, but I certainly don't want to have to work this hard to get it. No, it better and, not happen with the PS3. And so it that's won't. definitely keeping me from bothering. I can't really see this happening with the PS3. And I never had an Xbox. I had a, I have a PlayStation Two and a GameCube, so I'm more likely to want to buy one of the the Revolution or the PS3 anyway because I have some games that mm-hmm. I'm going to want to keep playing. Yeah, totally. 
All right, the Intel Core Duo, uh, according to geek.com, has 34 known issues. Actually got there via slash dot posting. 34 known issues. Now, this isn't such a big deal for a chip to have known bugs. Mm -hmm. Uh, For instance, I think the same story says that the Pentium 4 has 64 known issues right now, none of which Intel plans to fix. But what's remarkable is how many, how fast. 34 issues have been discovered and that's like uh, a rate of one and a half per day, according to this story. Wow. I got nothing. You can't fix them? <laughs> Veronica, what are you going to do about this? <laughs> this is your Intel like, iMac yeah. or Duo. Hey, I don't have it yet. I don't know how bad these uh, these issues are. I think, I think it's, it's probably, I'm guessing, I haven't looked at the list either, but I'm guessing it's probably just a lot of people talking smack because it's interesting and it's hot right now to talk well, about Well, and it. a lot of people like to take... Take pot shots at Apple. Yeah. I will admit that. Yeah. Even though it's yeah, your, your huh. cult. <laughs> uh, flo- oh my gosh. That, Are they bad? Well, they didn't fit all in one page. Oh. Uh, floating point store with numeric and null segment exceptions may cause general protection faults. Stuff like that. Okay. I mean, te- technical chip stuff, but it can cause it can cause faults and errors. And Fair enough. The kind of blue screen of death sort of thing you're used to <laughs> in the windows. <laughs> Uh, we've talked a lot about whether you can actually uh, boot XP on the Intel iMac, and the race is actually official. There is a bounty out for the first person to boot on Windows XP. Uh, I think when this was posted on Slashdot, $2,773 Ooh. was in the kitty, but as of and this now, recording, yeah. it's $4,357 wow. to go to the first person who can boot Windows XP on an Intel Mac, even with those 34 errors. That is that's a hefty sum, you know, for some kid. It kind of made me want to try to learn how to do it. Mm. But, and I, I don't know, what's your price? <laughs> how far would it have to get up for you to, to for bug? me to learn how to, to do that? Yeah, actually d- dig in and learn how to do this. 10k. 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 That's not that bad. That it could get to 10k. I need money. I'm pretty poor. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> if it gets to 10k, <laughs> I have to do it. <laughs> and if it gets okay, to 10k, Veronica has 50, to try. 50. Oh, see that raise. See the reality raises your price. Yeah, you All know, right. I thought about how much it jumped like yeah. today in the uh-huh. past like hour. 50. 50. All right. So there you I go, will folks. Learn go to go to that. go to winxponmac.com and fund them. If anyone Get wants up to, to teach 50, me, if anyone wants to teach me, I'll totally split it with and you. And then jump in. Oh yeah, you can you can split the prize money with Veronica. Okay, you get a third. <laughs> And see, reality once again changes the number. It's a lot of money. This is a a big story that is all over the place, actually. Uh, Seattle Post-Intelligencer is running a story that quotes CFO Susan Decker saying that, hey, you know what? We're not even aiming to be the number one search engine at Yahoo. That's Google. Google's got it tied up. We admit it. I think it's very interesting that they're coming out and saying this flat out, being like, okay, Google has 60% of the market share up from 47%. And, you know, I, I, they're moving on to other things, I think. I think what's really interesting about this is the fact that Google is actually trying to move away from being perceived as a search engine. They're trying to be right. perceived as a media company, at least for, in my opinion. And Yahoo is doing the same thing. Yahoo wants to be perceived as a content company. Right. You know, a place to find out information. So it's almost like Yahoo is doing this on purpose to try to make Google look like more of a search engine. And try to steal back some of that. See, we're not a search engine at Yahoo. No, we don't do sort that. Of trying kind to of paint thing. themselves. We're, we're that much way. more well-rounded. Yes. Unlike Google. Sure, they are. 
Mm-hmm. Another little note, Google News is officially out of beta. <laughs> what? Finally. Wait, what? How many years later? A Google thing came out of beta? Yeah, a Google thing came You're out of joking. beta. Big news. And you can read about it on Google News. <laughs> uh, a couple other bits. Now and, out of beta. <laughs> a couple other bits and pieces. Microsoft uh, wants to get into the supercomputer business. So that uh, major supercomputers would no run, longer run on Linux or perhaps Unix, which they run on now. They would There would be Microsoft Windows supercomputers. That puts a little bit of fear into my heart. It puts a lot of fear in my heart, especially when they uh, start using super... Uh, which, and it's not start. They use supercomputers for things like the space shuttle, nuclear <laughs> arms... Don't talk uh, about it. Weather, weather, weather. This is awful. And disaster relief. The implications here are, are tre- tremendous. It's an obvious joke. <laughs> also, another really little bitty thing on Slashdot. Apparently, Live Science has an interesting piece taking a look at how genius is rarely developed in a vacuum. You need other people. Even if you have one central genius, there's always a pal or a predecessor. Perhaps we could call them a sidekick. You know, the Robin to the Batman. I guess. I don't know. My genius developed just fine without any help. What are you talking about? You have me and Molly. Oh, yeah. Fine. God, I can't. All I have to do today is share credit. You can't. <laughs> Left and right, I have to share credit with people. Scientifically, it's been proven you need to share credit. Mm. Science. <laughs> oh, science. Let's get to the voicemails. We've got one from Clark. It's actually a question from Molly, but we're going to put it out there and hopefully Molly can listen, think about it, and get back to him tomorrow. Uh, Molly, this is Clark in North Carolina again. I don't know why I'm obsessed with your cell phone decision, but. Um, have you decided to uh, get the 700W yet? Uh, have you realized that the uh, Motorola Q is a chump phone? Uh, you know that Bill Gates and Kevin Rose both have the 700W. Come on over to the dark side. All right, bye, guys. And he called Motorola Q a chump phone. Well, you know what? I, I think I talked about this already, but I played with the Q and I didn't like it. Yeah? Didn't like it. Would you call it a chump phone? No. no, I don't think I would call it a but what don't phone. What don't you like about it? Well, I didn't really like, um, I didn't like how, just how it felt. I didn't like the interface. I didn't like the, the buttons. The toggle sucked. The toggle was really bad, but it could have just been a pre-production model. I figure things like the interface, though, those are pretty locked down. I mean, they don't change those. Maybe the way it works, yeah, it the response kind of, time and everything. I found everything it kind of confusing, be. but I'm also not a big, you know, I don't have a Treo and I don't um, have a smartphone right Motorola's now. Motorola's not great on the user interface anyway, yeah. far, from what I've seen. So. so I wasn't that impressed. And, and as, as to, oh, sorry, go oh, ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, just Kevin Rose and Bill Gates having a Treo. That's... Yeah, as for that, Kevin Rose doesn't really like his Treo that much. Oh. If, I, I heard him say that, I think maybe on Twitter or something. Bill Gates does like Bill his Gates, trio. of course... It's a Windows smart. Of course he has a trio. I mean, he yeah. owns Microsoft. <laughs> All right. Uh, call from Scott in Salt Lake City. Hey, guys. Scott in Salt Lake City. Just had a quick comment for you about, um, <clears throat> I think, an interesting thing that happens with the older generation when it comes to digital music and digital rights. Um, my father-in-law, who's in his 60s, got an iPod for Christmas, partially based on a recommendation from me. <clears throat> Once he got the unit, he called me and said, Scott, I need to get music on this thing. What do I do? And I tried to explain the whole iTunes model to him and how do you, you know, what you do. And he was just perplexed. He says, but I thought you could just get all kinds of free music on the internet. I thought this, uh, this thing would let me just play whatever I wanted. I could just go somewhere and download it. And so, and he was serious. So basically we have somebody in his sixties who believes that music, at least musical content and perhaps other content should be free to use on his iPod. Um, and he seems to be thinking the same way as your average 15 to 20-year-old uh, who kind of grew up in the whole Napster age. So anyway, I just thought it was really interesting that 
that he just wants to go out and get the free stuff. And he kept asking me, aren't there services where you can just download music? And I'm thinking, uh, yeah, but I don't know if I want to tell my father-in-law what those are. Anyway, something to chew on. thought it was interesting. See you guys later. Love the podcast. Bye. <laughs> that is really funny. Actually. Yeah, that's cute. Like, I can totally see the 60-year-old dad being like, well, I, you know, I read all these reports on the news. Just want to get it for free. It makes sense. To- and totally missing the point of like, this is piracy. You shouldn't steal. But but just like, I heard you can get it all for free. It just goes to show that common sense, you know, it, it yeah. prevails overall. Like, th- like all the stuff that doesn't make any sense, like the DRM oh, and now, the piracy. Careful. No DRM. Oh, we're, we're taking sorry. a break from that. Today. Sorry, oh, yeah. guys. No, you're right. But you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of, the common sense floats to the top. Yeah. And yeah. the people who d- aren't really interested in all the hubbub, they just want to cut through to the, well, it's, you know, I, I, heard, can't, yeah, I can't the free music seems, be free. It seems natural. It yeah. should be a hammer. Yeah. All right. One last call from Larry. Hello, Buzz Out Loud at all. This is Larry from California, USA. And Microsoft has solved the, so- solved the spam problem in sort of an underhanded way. If you subscribe to Hotmail and you whitelist and you blacklist, you will receive no spam. I haven't gotten a piece of spam in three years on Hotmail. Don't get many mails, but uh, it does work and they are not lying once. Have a good day. Bye. I don't know. Um, I take a little issue with that. I don't buy it. I think, I think it's fair to say that they may have solved the spam problem for Hotmail. Or for Larry. Or for Larry. <laughs> Particularly for Larry, because uh, I, you know, I don't get much spam in my Yahoo account. I have a, I have a Yahoo. Mail I get account. almost zero spam in my Gmail. I mean, account. I get actually, I get a ton of spam in that account. Right, I get right. hundreds of spam a day, but they all get shuttled into a mm-hmm. bulk mail, uh, and I rarely does one slip through. But I, I think that's far cry from saying the problem of spam is solved. Yeah, and I should, you shouldn't have to go through the motions of making 40 different filters just to keep out really obvious spam. The problem of spam will be solved when there is no more spam out there. Right. When it just isn't worthwhile for people to, to make spam. Mm-hmm. I agree. Not the meat product. <laughs> We're talking mm, about spam. the un- unsolicited email. <laughs> Delicious. me, I like me some masubi spam. <laughs> or some spam I like masubi. fried spam. Yeah, sp- fried spam's good too. So, emails. Yes, Kevin from Calgary. Um, well, now, Kevin. Now, see, this isn't us. This is Kevin. Uh, but he says, are you freaking kidding me? In response to the uh, idea that upconverting or, or that Blu-ray and HD DVDs would actually be built to downconvert their signal from high definition to a lower grade signal if they were used in a composite out situation. He says, why don't they do it for satellite boxes, too? And Xboxes. I only have so many inputs on my TV. What's the point of even having composite connections if they're going to show crappy video? Is there no end to industry-wide hysteria concerning how people want to use their legal content? Maybe they'll try to outlaw inviting your friends over to watch a movie. <laughs> That's great. Enough said. That's Kevin's words. We'll That's leave it really there. funny. It is pretty funny. Outlaw. Well, having your friends over. I'm sorry. You can't. You have to charge your friends. You have to pay a li- friend license a licensing fee. fee. <laughs> yeah, they'll have something in the in the box that will scan the room and and your credit card out of your wallet or purse and just automatically charge you if you're watching. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're headed. Tyler wrote in said uh, he found a link that shows a pretty interesting video. He's not the first person to, to point this out, but we've had so many people point it out. I wanted to get it out in the open. This is the one that shows the Apple Intel commercial side by side with clips taken from the Such Great Heights music video by the Postal Service. Now here's the. F- deal folks yeah they look almost identical but clean rooms also look very okay. similar and people in clean room suits are going to look similar and the key point here it's the same director 
who did the commercial and the music video. Josh and Xander. So he's just using his same conceit over again. I believe that's the name of the director yeah. thing. Yeah, it's it's not Apple's doing. Yeah, it could be in better taste to maybe pull it. Maybe just for a PR perspective. I don't think they should. Well, I don't would, think it's their problem. Here's the thing. The director of the commercial is imitating himself. His own work. What his is he going to sue himself? Yeah. Like, okay, it's true. Ben Gibbard from the Postal Service is not happy about it. I can understand why. But I don't think he has any right to ask them to pull it because it's not a copy per copy. It's not exactly the same. Mm-mm. It's, you know, and the only thing I could complain about is that they use Moby as the music. Well, you, you think... But that's personal taste. You think, they knew, <laughs> you think the director knew he was used... He was... I mean, he had to have known he was doing well, he the was same thing, right? Like, he can't okay, have not known. This, so why didn't he just sense. use the Postal Service as the music? He could have done that, but yeah. maybe, you know, Ben Gibbard wasn't into the idea. Maybe he was consulted and wasn't happy about it, so they changed it around enough to make it slightly different. But I am just so sick to death of people talking about this. It makes me want to vomit. Like, just get over it. Who cares? Who freaking cares? It's just a commercial. I mean, it bothers me more that they're picking on Intel bo- being trapped in dull little boxes. Intel's not happy Intel's about that either. Intel's not happy about that either. <laughs> I know. Nobody's happy about that I'm sorry. Commercial. That was a Veronica rant just because I've that heard was good. so much about this. A Verona so rant. Long. A Verona rant. Oh, geez. Here we go. <laughs> Um, all right, let's go, let's go straight down to the, uh, the shout out today to Glenn in Schenectady. I'm really giving Glenn a, a shout out because it's just fun to say Schenectady. Isn't it Schenectady? Is it Schenectady? I think it's Schenectady. Okay. It's fun to say Schenectady too. If you were from Boston, you Schenectady. Oh, it, it is an E though. You're right. It would be Schenectady. Schenectady. Schenectady, New York. Glenn in Schenectady. Great show. He listens to on his way to work. Much better than radio. Thanks, Glenn. We do what we can. We appreciate it. You can uh, go to the Frapper map and get your little uh, pin in the map and give us a shout out as well. Uh, you can also email us, buzz at cnet.com. Give us a call, 1-800-616-CNET. And jump into the forum conversation. It has an effect. People are telling us they're kind of tired of hearing about something, and we we take that into account. We do pay definitely, attention. So forums.cnet.com, and look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. And uh, hopefully tomorrow we'll have Molly on the phone. She'll definitely be back in the studio on Friday. Fantastic. All right. See you later, folks. Bye, guys. Snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane? What are we going to do?